0: on today's show how well will the predators do in the central division this year one national writer is weighing in and Preds fans may cringe at where he has the team falling this year plus we'll talk about the Preds prospect pipeline compared to some of the other teams in the nhl and you know fantasy hockey is right around the corner who are going to be some of the top performing preds this year we'll talk about it today on the lockdown predators podcast your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the
1: Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every
0: day. Thank you for making the Locked On Predators podcast your first listen of the day. Every single day, we are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, we want to start out with a special hello to our loyal Locked On Pred heads out there, the everydayers who tune into every single show. We love you guys. We appreciate the support you give us week after week. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer at Penalty Box Radio. Normally, I have a partner in crime, Ann Kimmel, from InsideThePreds.com, but she has the day off. I uh, also want to mention today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com/slash locked on NHL or enter promo code locked on NHL for a free water bottle with any order. You won't want to take your bird dogs off, we promise you. On today's show, we are going to be hearing from the Locked On NHL Prospects people today. They're going to be talking about how deep the Nashville Predators pipeline is compared to some other teams. In the NHL, they just put out their national rankings. We'll see where the Preds rank. Plus, you know hockey season is right around the corner when we are dropping the word fantasy hockey. Who are going to be the Preds' biggest fantasy contributors this year? Maybe a couple of fantasy dark horses on the team this year. We're going to be talking about NHL.com's predicting for that as well. But we will start with some Central Division preview talk uh there's already some you know debates and standings and projections and stuff coming out for next year the latest comes from the hockey news and adam proto well-regarded writer uh, he has the nashville predators finishing fifth in the central division this year uh here's his full standings he had dallas finish first no arguments there colorado finishing second Again, no arguments there. Uh, St. Louis Blues third. Maybe an argument there. Uh, Fourth, he's got Minnesota. Then the Nashville Predators. Right behind him in sixth is the Winnipeg Jets. Then Arizona in seventh and Chicago in eighth. Uh, First reaction to this is Predators finishing fifth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to argue against that. Like, maybe they're kind of on the same par as St. Louis right now. Like, maybe you make that argument. But, you know, I certainly don't think they're more clear-cut better than any of the four teams ahead of them uh, on the list. You can also argue, hey, maybe Winnipeg maybe deserves to be slotted higher on them just because of uh, all the times Winnipeg has had the Predators number over the past couple of years. Uh, So the placement of the um, Nashville Predators in the Central Division predictions, that's not much of a big story. I think a lot of people kind of predicted, yeah, that's kind of exactly where the Nashville Predators should end up. They are by far and away better than Arizona and and Chicago uh, and not good enough to contend with the top. And that puts us in what Adam Proto calls the "quote unquote" mushy middle. Uh, this is a spot that has a lot of Predators fans concerned, because in you know sort of the landscape of the NHL, a lot of people think this is the worst spot to be in. Is that mushy middle? Basically, the concept is you're not good enough to be like a legitimate contender uh, in the NHL or or as Adam Proto says, they're they're just bad enough to fail to qualify for the playoffs. But they're also good enough that they're not in the basement. They're good enough to stay out of the basement, which means they're not going to get like a top five pick. Unless they just have some insane lottery luck. They're not going to have like all these like number one, number two, number three overall picks coming to them because they're good enough to be better than those bottom feeding teams, but not good enough to be a legitimate contender. And over the years, that has become, you know, sort of the toughest place for an NHL team to be in. Now, how do the Predators get out of there? There's two ways of looking at this. There's a lot of people in the camp of if you're in that mushy middle, it's not worth being there. Tear down. Try to lose. Get some of these number two, number three prospects. Try to go for a number one overall pick and start building a super team. That that's one way to look at it. And that is, you know, certainly a risky thing to do, especially when you have some players like UC Saros and Roman Yossi who are legitimate game-changing players in the NHL. The other way to look at that is that hey, the Nashville Predators are in the middle of the pack. They're already better than a lot of teams trying to claw their way up right now. They're already halfway to maybe being up on that top tier. Maybe instead of going the other way, make yourself super bad so you can skyrocket towards the top. Maybe you're in a position where you don't have to go through those five, six-year painful rebuilds. Maybe you're good enough to look at your team and say, okay, what are we good at and what do we still need? Maybe that's a good place for the Nashville Predators to be in. They haven't hit rock bottom yet. That's that's not nothing, people. And I, I think in this day and age, a lot of people think you have to suck because you need, you know, Jack Hughes and Nathan McKinnon and Connor Bedard, this game changing number one pick who is going to rapidly, you know, help your team ascend to the, the, the pantheon of NHL contenders. You know, not every team needs to do that. Number one, not every team is going to have that same lottery luck. You may suck. You may tank he may still wind up with the fourth overall pick or fifth overall pick and in some years as we've seen that's not good enough to get a game-changing talent just ask the Detroit Red Wings uh, you know ask the Arizona coyotes who have you know been very very bad over the past decade but haven't gotten any lottery luck whatsoever fall their way there's a lot of teams like that so if you're the nashville predators it's not a bad thing to take a step back be in the middle especially this year when you have a lot of players coming up in the system take a legitimate look and say okay we're in the middle of the pack now but that also gives us a good chance to see how we stack up against some of these teams that are better than us what do we still need to do what can we do, you know, w- with our young players? Like, do we have the prospects to get there? Do we need to do more? Do we need to be more aggressive at maybe getting a game-changing piece? Do we need to do something different in development? Uh, to me, that's, that's a better way of doing it than just throwing in the towel and intentionally trying to be bad. Because they, the, the way everybody talks about it, like, you intentionally try to be bad for a few years you stockpile picks and then work your way up as we've seen in the NHL that doesn't always work out or if it does, you know, it may take years and years and years and years. Like, yeah, the, the Oilers got Connor McDavid and I think that's, that's worth it. But you know, a lot what people don't mention is it took them 10 years uh, to, to get him and three other number one picks to get Connor uh, McDavid on the roster Uh, And they still have not won a game in the third round of the playoffs since 2006, the Toronto Maple Leafs finally just won their first playoff series. Since 2004, despite all of the top end picks that they have. And yeah, I mean, they're close to a cup. They're closer to a cup than Nashville, but that doesn't always guarantee success. And then you think of all these other teams like, you know, like the San Jose Sharks right now, or, you know, the, the LA Kings or, you know, the Calgary Flames, these teams that have kind of been perpetually bad, you know, Arizona, another team perpetually bad and just haven't figured out a way to get themselves to the top yet. It's not a sure thing. So for the Nashville Predators, especially this year, to be considered middle of the pack, that's not a bad thing. Maybe some things change. Maybe the Predators wind up getting a little bit further back, and then you have to take the step and say, okay, we're stuck in a spot we don't want to be in. How do we change this? But for now, I would say middle of the pack is just as good as you can expect the Nashville Predators team. We're going to be talking more about some of the players uh, that can help the Nashville Predators maybe reach that next echelon. We're talking about how deep the prospect pipeline is for the Nashville Predators. We're going to be talking about that in just one second. But first, we want to mention today's episode brought to you by one of my favorite sponsors, bird dogs uh we have reached what i call peak nick season right now uh we got football in the mornings and early afternoons you got maybe some golf or a day on the lake in the afternoon and then a nice like date night to cap the night off there's a lot of stuff going on which means you don't always have the time to change into 50 different outfits and that's why i need my pair of bird dogs with me because these are the pants that not only feel good and feel comfortable, but look great. Bird Dog's stretch khaki shorts are designed to flit uh, slimmer through the thigh and leg, which give you a truly sculpted look. But it's got that same kind of Lululemon uh, fit, like the stretch fabric, that feels light. It's not that stiff, restricting cotton that a lot of khaki shorts have. No, the Bird Dog's cloud knit fabric looks like khaki, but it stretches to give you a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement and their anti stink sweat wicking fabric keeps you cool and dry all day long. So you can wear these pretty much anywhere. You can use them just lounging around the house. They're very comfy. You can wear them out on the golf course and still feel like nice and cool, relaxed, but still take them out on a nice night on the town. They look fabulous. Trust me bird dogs look great in any occasion. So try it yourself. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL or enter promo code locked on NHL at checkout for free bird dogs water bottle with your order. Again, that's birddogs.com slash locked on NHL for free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. All right. So the Nashville Predators, uh, a big part of their future is going to hinge on the prospects. How well some of these young players do. Can they step up and take on a big role for the Nashville Predators? And how good are they? So our Locked On NHL Prospects crew, uh, they recently sat down and looked at the Nashville Predators prospect pool in depth and where it ranks amongst the other teams in the nhl so here's what they had to say about the nashville predators prospect pipeline we're going to get their take on it let's listen in
2: all right so moving on to our second team and our second segment uh team 13 in our uh countdown to the best prospect pool in the nhl we have got the nashville predators now for me personally what separates the Preds from the Jets, it's a very narrow margin. I mean, we we racked our heads a lot, you know, kind of breaking down this kind of glut between 20 and I'd say like eight to seven. <laughs> it's been a really, really, really tight uh, kind of range of teams. But for me, the main separator is first and foremost, Yaroslav Askarov, uh, a, an extremely solid goaltender prospect who hasn't reached the cutoff yet uh, for uh, our kind of breakdown for prospects, which... For goalies is uh about 15 or 20 games. Uh we were a bit less uh generous with the forwards with 10 games as our cutoff, but for me, Yaroslav Askarov really pushed the preds ahead of um the the, the Winnipeg Jets because at forward it's fairly similar outside of Brad Lambert. You know, they they've got the likes of uh Joachim Kamel, uh Matthew Wood, who they just recently added. Um they they added Aiden Fink, who I'm a big fan of, and with their last pick of the seventh round, the last pick uh, of their former GM's career as well. Uh, Felix Nielsen's fairly interesting, but let's go through some of these names. We'll start off with Matthew Wood. Um, I like what I've seen, and he's a, he's a player, another player who reminds me a lot of um, of Tyler Toffoli. I know you've had that comparable all year. Is that the easiest comparable outside of maybe, maybe uh, um, Oliver Moore and Dylan Larkin? Is there another easier comparable than that, or is that kind of the easiest kind of comparison you can bring to a player?
1: It was among the the only player cops I was confidently making all year long. Yeah. Uh, I think that there are definitely some differences. I think Matthew Wood is a lot more powerful. He's clearly a lot bigger than Toffoli. Yeah. But in terms of the combination of of a great shot, great off puck movement, decent handling skill, and uh, an overall underrated offensive toolkit. Mm -hmm. I can see a lot of comparisons between the two I think obviously on the defensive side of things Toffoli grew a lot after his draft year and Matthew Wood would have to grow a similar amount to catch up to 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 Toffoli in terms of being a full 200 foot uh, uh, forward but Mm -hmm. this is a player where the sky is the limit and he grew on me as the year progressed quite consistently I think that uh, he really showed a ton of progression, learning how to play against higher end competition, learning how to use his physicality and how to compensate for poor skating and, and how to still be a highly effective NCAA player. Uh, he started using a lot more delays. He, he is very aware that his skating is a limitation and he uses every other tool he has to compensate for it really intelligently and while he is not a slam dunk top six player in the nhl he has mm-hmm. all the tools to become that type of piece with another three or four years of development so mm-hmm. apart from askarov he probably is my favorite player in this prospect pool yeah. uh i think he's a, he's a couple of steps ahead of Joachim kamel in terms of pure upside i think that he's a far stronger handler i think the shooting skill is comparable but wood has more growing room there and Matthew Wood has really shown a lot of playmaking growth in the last year as well, whereas Kamel is still a little bit predictable as being a primarily a shooter.
2: Yeah, um, on top of uh, having Wood and Askarov as two kind of kind of high upside pieces at the top of their uh, of their prospect pool, you've got a lot of depth here. I mean, Tanner Molendike for me, very, very good uh, bet. I mean, I probably wouldn't have taken him in the 20s, but for me, he, he has the rush defending of an NHLer already. And if you can just... Make him a tiny bit more well-rounded. Work on his um, on on his stick handling ability. Make him more confident with the puck. Um, just bring bring out that toolkit a bit more. He's got the skating and the rush defending to be a very very good piece at, in in the future in the NHL. You've got on top of that a guy like Felix Nielsen, who they added in the second round last year. Who I'm a huge fan Your of. Favorite. And him well. uh, yeah. No. I mean, I'm a huge fan of his. And for me, he just screams NHLer. The board game. The the the, the pro habits inside game, I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of what he brings, and I, th- I feel like it's just had a matter of time before he's wearing a press jersey. Then you add to that Joey Willis, who they added in the mid-rounds. Joey Willis is another of those kind of high-floor, low-ceiling type of players who can absolutely work it defensively. I mean, he, he outworks a lot of players on every, any given shift. Ryan Ufko's in there as kind of a depth piece. Jack Mateer. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of depth here. Um, do you, Do you feel like that's what pushes him above the Winnipeg Jets?
1: For sure. I mean, there's a lot of pieces in this Nashville pool and a lot of them aren't guarantees for sure. But with mm-hmm. that quantity, you you are going to find some decent depth. And guys that we haven't even mentioned yet are like Reed Schaefer, who was a big piece in the return uh, for Matthias Eckholm, who, Absolutely. in my view, doesn't really have too much top six upside, but could be a really fun bottom six energy guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke Evangelista is also a skilled, slightly undersized forward who... Could push for top nine role in a couple of years time. Uh, you have a lot of pieces here. I think Callen Lind was a really nice pickup at the draft this past season and mm-hmm. uh, fits their identity perfectly in terms of adding intensity and grit and violence in a package that also has a decent goal scoring and some playmaking flashes. Like, yeah, there's a lot of fun players in here. And I think uh, one last one I'll throw into the mix before I let you go off with your last couple ones. Uh, would be Casper Kolonumi. Uh, This is a player who's a fairly mobile, intelligent defensive defenseman who won't be a stalwart top four piece necessarily, but could be a really reliable number five. Uh, And I've always respected the way he plays the game. I think he got Mm -hmm. picked a little bit later than he probably should have in 2022. And uh, he will marinate over in Finland for a couple years probably at this point. But... I think the Preds could get a a decently effective number four, number five defenseman out of him.
2: Absolutely. And you mentioned uh, a player who brings uh, violence and goal-scoring ability. And it's just funny that we haven't even mentioned Zachary Lerreur in this conversation (laughs) because that's him to a T. I'm not sure how how far his temper is going to take him. Cause it's, it's pretty absurd. I think he got in a fight with a fan. He speared a fan yeah. uh, in, in, <laughs> in the uh, queue, but mm-hmm. he's going to be playing in the AHL. He's going to be surrounded by pros who are going to kind of keep him in check. And hopefully he can take that temper and redirect it on the ice in a way that really helps his game. Cause man, he's got some skill about him. He's able to make plays really well. He's able to find pockets of spaces to to shoot from. Um, His skating's decent enough that I'm not worried about him being able to keep up with uh, pro pace. So we'll see what he brings with Milwaukee this year. Um, We haven't even mentioned Anton Anton Olsen on D. We haven't even mentioned uh, Adam Adam Ingram. Ingram. Yeah, Adam Ingram is a a fantastic pick for me. Uh, I was a big fan of his in his draft year, and he's looked pretty good so far. Uh, so a lot of depth pieces, even D- Dylan McKinnon could be in that conversation. They got a lot of viewings on him from watching the Halifax Mooseheads. Um, so I'm sure that kind of played into their pick of him a, a safe guy. And obviously Luke Prokop was the first openly gay uh, prospect or, or junior player uh, from the CHL. And he's been playing really well. Um, he, he was traded to a contender, played really well there. Uh, and we'll see where he goes from there with Milwaukee this year. So there's a lot to like here. Um, but for me... The teams above them just kind of edge them out in terms of both the, the solidity of their depth and on top of that, the quality that they have in the
0: roster. So we'll get into that very, very soon. All right, thanks again to Hadi and Sebastian for that. You can catch them every day on the Locked On NHL podcast show if you want to hear what they have to say about the other nhl teams still to come we are going to be talking about nashville predators fantasy projections who are going to be some of the top players for the preds this year but first want to remind you again locked on predators is your free daily nashville predators podcast available wherever you get your podcast and on youtube be sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on it really helps us out We are going to be talking more about the Central Division here in the coming weeks. We've already had some good frenemy podcasts with Haley over at Locked on Blues and the cast and crew of Locked on Avalanche. We have more. Uh, We're going to be doing crossovers with Locked on Wild, Locked on Blackhawks, and Locked on Coyotes here in the coming weeks. So make sure you guys are tuned in to every single show. All right, the Nashville Predators fantasy projections for 2023 24. Yep, it's you know hockey's coming back when we talk about fantasy projections. I'm sure everybody is ready to get their draft started. Uh, NHL.com recently came out with the top Nashville Predators fantasy projections for. Uh, this coming season, no surprise. Um, yeah, it, it's pretty much the, the 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 main guys that you, you think are, are up the top. Uh, so the top fantasy player that they have this season for the Nashville Predators is Roman Yosi. Uh, They have him ranked 36 in the NHL and fantasy this year. Uh, They talk about him leading defenseman in points over the past couple of years um, and how he's going to probably take on a bigger role with Johansson Duchesne gone. Uh, They have him as a 71-point projection this season. Uh, to me, that's you know that's about what Roman Yosi had done before his insane, uh, you know, ninety-six point season a little bit ago. To me, that's about where I have Roman Yosi too. Uh, mainly because one, we are not exactly sure what his role is going to look like under Andrew Burnett. Is it going to be more involved in the offense like it was under John Hines? Is he going to kind of go back to maybe? being more of a two-way guy, maybe taking some more shifts on the defensive end. That'll hurt his numbers a little bit, but he's still a guy who's capable of 70 points. So I think that's uh, a reasonable goal there. Uh, the second highest ranked predator on NHL.com's fantasy rank, ranked 90th was Philip Forsberg. Uh, they talked about him having a big, a uh, year potentially with Ryan O'Reilly. They have him with a 70 point projection this year. Um, yeah, th- that's another tough one because again, we don't know uh, what Andrew Burnett's role is going to be on this team. Now here's one. UC Soros ranked 91st uh, in fantasy. Uh, they have him projected to get 30 wins this year. Uh, They also on the list, uh, Ryan O'Reilly ranked 131st in fantasy with a 63 point projection. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's tough because a lot of fantasy depends on you know, kind of the, the, the numbers and stuff. And you don't see a lot of, you know, the two-way value and and metrics and stuff like that. So the, the thing with UC Soros, I know a lot of people are looking at this and being like, Oh, how is he just, you know, way down here, buried on the fantasy, you know, goalies production. He's a top three goalie in the NHL. He is, it might just not completely translate to, you know, being good fantasy. You know, the thing with UC Soros is like, his maybe his save percentage is maybe a little bit lower than some other goalies on this list. Cause he's, you know, stopping 42 of 45 instead of, you know, 24 of 25, as opposed to, you know, like Lena Solmark last year. Uh, And it's also, you know, he's, you get a lot of points for a win if you're a starting goalie in fantasy and uh, the Predators it's, juries out to see if they win a lot of games this year i mean they do have them ranked in the top 10 in fantasy goalies but um yeah i mean that's that's going to be a tricky thing because a lot of uc sorrows fantasy success probably depends on the nashville predator success uh and then ryan o'reilly at let's see they had him projected at 63 points that, that's that that's optimistic i will say that uh you know so we'll have to see about that Interesting that they also listed some other NHL players to consider in fantasy. Uh, Tyson Berry, no surprise there, a high-scoring defenseman, got 50 points last year. Could contend uh, for you know another uh, you know another 50 this year, especially with some healthy players up front. Tommy Novak, that's another interesting one because he had such a high-scoring season last year. Is he going to replicate that season? They had Yuso Parson. Uh, ranked as a player to watch interesting that they picked him over some other guys like luke Evangelista and cody glass maybe they know something about what andrew burnett wants to do uh and then the last pick uh the last player they had uh or they're telling people to consider taking in fantasy yaroslav askarov um I don't I don't know if they're just not reading the Nashville Predators depth chart or if this is just a very very uh bold opinion on um you know uh, maybe about how they project him coming into the lineup this year. Either way, yeah, you might want to wait until the very, very last round to take Kharisov Askarov if that's the uh, if that's the route you want to go down. Uh, but it should be an interesting season if you're picking all Preds in fantasy because again, we don't know how this team plays, and that's you know you, you not only got to consider like the players coming up and taking that next step forward, but how are some of the guys like Philip Forsberg and Roman Yosi going to play? in Andrew Burnett's system? Are they going to be used in that same way that they were when John Hines, when each had that wildly successful high-scoring season? Or does John Hines envision a new role for them? Is there somebody else in the team? Maybe a Luke Evangelista that's going to get a more high-profile role. So these are all things uh, to consider when drafting your Nashville Predators. You may not have a good sense about which Predators are going to be good for your fantasy team until the season actually starts so uh yeah maybe uh maybe just be a little bit cautious of that Uh, That is going to do it for today's edition of the Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. You can catch me every day on the Locked on Predators podcast. You can find my work uh, at PenaltyBoxRadio.com. Follow me on Twitter at underscore NSMorgan. Also, be sure to follow my colleague Ann Kimmel. You can read her work at uh, InsideThePreds.com and follow her on Twitter at Ann K underscore Mama on ice. We'll be back tomorrow with an all new episode. We'll see you then.